Yo, welcome to another episode of Helping Homies Win the Podcast. Tools to lift their generation. I am Antonio J. Bell. This your boy T. Ross. <laughs> What's good, bro? How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling splendid. Splendid. That's a uh, that's a very colorful. You know, it's funny. Colorful words. You got when there. I said splendid, I thought about um, a pink packet of sugar. Even though I don't know if splendid <laughs> is pink. I, I think that's Splenda. Okay. First of all. Okay, Splenda. Well, I feel Splenda. How you feeling, bro? Uh, that's good, Uncle T. Um, <laughs> I'm solid, bro. <laughs> I'm good, man. Uh, it's been a good week, dog. Uh, the drought is over. You feel me? The drought is over. What, what are we referring to? Yeah. Yo, so that, like I told that, you. That can go, that can go multiple ways. That can go multiple ways. This isn't a <laughs> reference to like our celibacy episode. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Nah. So the <laughs> nah. So I um like I was telling you earlier this week uh, or yesterday I think. So I, I got um I got pinned for this uh ABC not ABC I'm sorry USA pilot I'm messing this all up. So I got pinned for this USA pilot um called Dare Me. And what does pinned so, mean? So um so pins means um pretty much they do an availability check. So they reach out to your manager or agent and say, yo, is he available to work during these dates? And then if I am, then they say, okay, we'll keep him available. And then I've pretty much got to let them know if I book something else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have to pretty much release me. So it's kind of like a verbal agreement. You can still get out of it because it's not a written contract, okay. but it's still a verbal kind of agreement. So they pinned me, actually they pinned me on Tuesday um, of this week. And then last night I found out that, um, you know, I went up, you know, to the studio and all that stuff. Everybody approved me. So it's a go. That means you've been booked, brother. Yes, sir. So this, and it shoots in Toronto. So like, I'm like dumb lit that I'm about to film in my third country, which is wild. Cause I didn't. That's, that's crazy. I didn't really see this on the radar. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like. You about to film acting in your third is t- country. Do you hear yourself? Yeah. Acting. <laughs> <laughs> right, bro. Right. Bro, acting has taken me out of like, you know, America. I hadn't left before, you know, Nigerian Prince. And now I'm leaving again for uh, Dare Me. Right. So this is like insane to me. You headed to the six. That's what's up, bro. That's what's up. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. Only only downside is I may miss uh, J Cole's concert on the 12th. I mean that's fine, bro. But yeah, J Cole's not gonna stop making music, so we'll live. Yeah, I mean next probably be, <laughs> probably be backstage with J Cole. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that'd be crazy. <laughs> that'd be For crazy. real, <laughs> man. But that was uh, that's pretty much been the highlight for the week. Um, that's amazing, bro. So how, do, how like we, tell me about like. It's so interesting because I know we, we had conversations. We have conversations all the time about this, um, but just in thinking about the grind and thinking about the work that you put in, you know, it's like we all see the highlights. You know what I'm saying? So like, right. cats know you got Nigerian Prince, and you know now you got Dare Me. It's called right? Yeah, it's called Dare Me. Dare Me, and it's like. You mentioned that no one sees like the time in between that. Like, speak to that just no. a little bit. Like, speak to okay, okay, that mindset, that feeling. Because you know, I think we all have these goals and things that we want, and then when things finally pop, you kind of forget about it. But like, just just speak to us. So we have yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So like, the wild thing for me is like, you know, when I booked Nigerian Prince, that was so. Actually, let's take it back to Greenleaf. When I booked Greenleaf, that was in I think October of 2016 right mm-hmm. and then i didn't book anything else until i booked nigerian prince in august of 2017 right so from august 2017 to this past week this august what i'm sorry it's about to be august right yep 
again. Yep. So it's like January 25th or 27th is when I got, you know, the official booking. I hadn't booked another project since then, theatrically. So it's been a year almost from, you know, to date, you know, between me booking anything. So on paper, you know, and like when people see me because they're not with me on a day to day, like I was in the office today at my agents and, you know, uh, one of the uh, assistants was like, yo, like, bro, but you're popping. What are you talking about? Like, you've been booking, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, you got Greenleaf, you got Nigerian Prince, this, that, and the third, because, you know, so I'm doing another season of Greenleaf. That's not out yet. Nigerian Prince is not out yet. So it all looks like movement. But in reality, it's actually static right now because I haven't booked anything. Mm-hmm. So nobody really accounts for when you're looking at folks' resume or things coming out on, on, on TV or whatever the case is. No one accounts for all of that dead space in between projects. Right. When nothing's going on, you don't know if you made the right decision, your bank accounts are running low, you know, dude, I was on unemployment this year, <laughs> you know what I mean, for my first time in life, Damn. you know, I was on unemployment because, you know, stuff was slow with my medic gig and stuff was slow as, as an actor, you know, so it looks like things are popping because I was at Tribeca and I was also on unemployment, <laughs> right? right? Looks like I'm popping, but right. at the same time, it's like real life is still happening at that moment. Right. You know, I had money saved up, you know, I had, you know, my little stash or whatever, but that's only going to last me so long. You know what I mean? That's real. So Because you literally got to yeah, live it's, it's wild. in the days in between. Yeah. And you don't get a chance to just pop yeah. up on the highlight and jump to the next one. It's like those days no. in between, you got to really get a feel for where you are, get your mind right, your f- like energy, and it's always gonna be an up and down. So that's, that's, that's dope to like yeah. articulate and hear, because I think that's encouraging in itself. Like, you know, you talk about asking yourself the question if you made the right decision, and I, you're talking about acting, right? And, yeah, absolutely. And you book something. Like, that's, that's just wild to me, that you can be, like, yeah. it, I mean, I think it's that, I think about the slight edge. I say that all the time, but I think about like that decision it's like it's just, it's literally one decision of a difference, of like one. Minute. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, absolutely. Like my my thing is like what I think about all the time is like when it comes to like your dreams and what you want to do in life, it's legit about like you know staying consistent and not not letting off the gas even when it gets slow. Because like literally, dude, I went on my agent before you know before this. I went on my and my manager. And, bro, I was, like, down, dude. I'm talking to them, like, man, I hope something pop off. Man, I hope I made the right choice. Because, you know, also, you know, another thing that people are not going to see on social media is I lost my daytime job, too, this year, you know, Mm -hmm. because I was leaving my job. I was taking days off to go work on Greenleaf, you know. So because I was making that sacrifice when, you know, to work on Greenleaf, which was, you know, over the course of the six months or whatever I would have worked as a a set medic, you know, I may have made 30 grand or something, Mm -hmm. you know. But I sacrificed that, you know, to go work on Greenleaf, you know, and I don't know if I'm coming back on, on, on the next season or not, but I end up losing the next show with those guys, making that choice. The next show you on, your, on your medic job. On my medic job, okay. yeah. So I lose that show, and now it's like, damn, well, where's my income coming in at now? Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm sure that because leads to a lot of that, that, those feelings, like you made a sacrifice. That, yeah, that anxiety. Right, and, yeah. and, and, and you have a, a daughter to take care of in the midst of all yes. of this. Yes, Man. you know, so so it just adds on to it. it's like, yo, bro, what's gonna happen? I think, as cliche as it sounds, I feel like a lot of that was happening for me to 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 really shake me into perspective. I think that was my wake up call because I got comfortable working as a medic and an actor because I would often say, bro, like if I don't work as an actor, who cares, bro? Like you know what I mean? I got this job, you know what I mean? Like I don't I don't need to act to act because I love it, right? But I don't need it, right? And this finally put me in a position where I needed to book something. I needed to make steps forward because. You know, I didn't kind of gambled a lot of my security 
on my gig as an actor, right? My life as an actor, my career as an actor. So if, you know, I, I, if I lose this, you know, I got to be able to, 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 to go as an actor, period. Right. You know what I mean? So now it's like it just puts more pressure on me to make it happen wow. and, and work harder. You know what I'm saying? So in this moment, now that you, you have booked something and you are experiencing, I guess, confirmation to say, okay, you, at this point in time when you're filming, I'd assume you felt you made the right decision. Do you feel as though that time in between of waiting and the sacrifices you made, even in your comfort of a nine to five as a medic, which really isn't nine to five, um, do you feel like it was worth it? Um, I mean, the feelings that I get being an actor, like like when we was at Tribeca, bro, you know, yeah. and to be, you know, in that theater and to see myself on that screen and see people respond to the work that we put into that film. Mm. Yes, it's worth it. You know, after that, after the, after each showing and we did the uh, Q&A's after and get to see the audience and, and, and interact with them and have those those conversations, that dialogue when I talk to the homies and anybody, you know, is articulating any little bit of, of, of inspiration, you know, from my choices, mm-hmm. yeah, it's worth it. You know what I'm saying? In the grand scheme, yeah. You know, does it does it feel worth it every day? Nah, bro. Like, even, even this pilot, like, I feel good about it, but it's still a long way to go. The, you know, the pilot because, for Jeremy. Yes, okay. for Jeremy. It's a long way to go because, you know, um, the stuff that people don't talk about is, you know, as an actor, you know, sometimes you, you film a pilot and it doesn't get picked up. Asia Naomi King, a couple years ago, she's on um, on uh, How to Get Away with Murder, the dark skin shit. Michaela. Yes, okay. yeah, yeah, Michaela. Yes. Wonderful actress. And they, had a, they had a dope cast. So they did this pilot called Kingsmakers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I worked on it as a medic. And it was supposed to replace um, another another dope show. It was with the same showrunner, the same producer, had a great cast. So it was supposed to replace a show that was leaving the air. I forget the name of the show. And they filmed the pilot. Everybody said the pilot was good, but the network wasn't really messing with it, so they didn't pick it up. You know what I mean? Wow. And then, you know, you've got, um, there's a show called, I think, The Politician. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think it's called The Politician. And, you know, uh, a couple of the homies um, auditioned for it. You know, one of, their, one of their boys got it, and then he went to the table read. They didn't like his work, so they recast him. Whoa. You know, after he, he booked after this he pilot booked and it. was signed on, he booked it. He got it, you know, he's accelerating, he signed his contract, boom, boom, boom. And then they recast him because they weren't filling him after the table read. You know, you have Laura Harrier. She filmed uh, Fahrenheit 451 with Michael B. Jordan, mm-hmm. right? Laura Harrier, the, the light-skinned chick from Spider-Man, that was kind of like, you know, his love interest. It seemed like in the beginning of the film. Okay. She booked that film, shot the whole movie with Michael B. Jordan. She has a leading role in the movie. And then in the final director's cut, the director decided to scrap every single scene she was in. Wow. Every scene. She got it got cut out of the film, and they built the story around what they shot without her in it. Wow! And she's a name actress right now. She's popping, bro. You know. So I say all that to say, like, you know, as an actor or an artist in general, man, there's never a point where you can be comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, you're always like, kind of on pins and needles because you don't know what's gonna happen. You don't know if you're gonna get killed off. You don't know if your show's gonna get picked up. You don't know if they're gonna sign you on to another season. You don't know if they're gonna recast you. You don't know. You know, and and we haven't even got into this natural, you know, disasters and or things like you know, getting in a car accident or breaking a leg or tearing your Achilles or something. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, so it's uncertain. Wow. You know, but to answer your question, am I excited? Is it worth it? Yeah. I mean, in these moments, it's like to be able to to make something that's going to be here forever. You know, mm. that's that that's special and important to me. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. I love that. I love that breakdown. Yeah. Like you you said, there's never a point where you get to get comfortable, and I, and I think. 
No. Like I, I think about whether or not that's even how necessary is that though to be comfortable because I think Com- I, comfortability. Yeah, like comfort, like in the sense of like job security. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, um, like I, I think we mentioned it before. Like, is that an American thing? Job security. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> no, like, like people, people worried about eating in other places. Right. Right. Um, right. You've heard of is it Maslow? Maslow's law of like hierarchy of yeah. needs. Is that Maslow's hierarchy pyramid? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I want to say being comfortable is like one of your basic needs. <laughs> Like at the bottom of his physiological needs, food, water, warmth, the rest. So I would say, and then security and safety are like at the base of the pyramid. Yeah. So that's like, yeah. So I would, I would say, comfort is is down in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so and I think that's the hard part about being an artist is because you don't really know. Like even J Cole talks about it in all of his greatness. You know, in that pod, in that or that interview with uh, Angie Martinez. Mm-hmm. Great. Interview. He was talking about how like. Great interview. Yeah, he was talking about how like you know he just you know he doesn't know like what if they gonna stop listening to my shit like what if they not gonna really rock with me two or three years from now like like what if this all goes away, you know? Same thing as with an athlete, you know. Anybody in entertainment, bro, it's like you don't you don't have a, a safety net. You're not gonna you can't be comfortable because anything can happen. Wow. Um, and I think that's what makes it so frustrating and and and, and stressful this job environment because you don't even have the illusion of comfort. At least with like normal day nine to fives, you have that illusion of, oh, I got this job, mm-hmm. you know, I'm working for Nike or, 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 you know, one of these Fortune 500 companies. This place is always going to be here, right. you know? But, but, so you feel like you're comfortable, but even, but you don't have the security in real life there either. Right, but right. You feel like, you but know. it's the sense of security, the sense of comfort. Like, yeah. yeah. And I guess that's why I asked the question, like, is that, is that truly necessary? Because I feel like when you don't have that level of comfort, you are pushed to continue to improve. Like I find myself on my job now working for Mount SAC and I have my day in, my day out, right? Of things that I have to get done, yeah. meeting with students, uh, you know, planning events, the whole shebang of just student outreach in my position. And sometimes I feel like, man, I'm doing the same thing over and over again. Um, mm, the monotony. Yeah, the monotony of it and, and not, I, I love my job, you know, I, there's, I don't feel like there's moments where I feel as though I'm doing busy work, but I think about me and my own desire for, I guess, improvement, um, professional development to feel like I'm gaining a new skill or I'm entering a new space. I really enjoy that in a really weird way. And even though I have like, you know, grad school coming up, which is something that's new, um, I still feel as though I'm missing something. And I think I feel that something when I'm planning events and I'm doing things even aside from j- mm. work. I enjoy that. And I just think about, you know, hearing what you're saying and booking and studying and putting yourself in all these different places. Just as, you know, we've had conversations throughout this time. I feel like you kind of get to experience that on a more consistent basis. Get to experience what? Like that, that, um, best way I know how to put it is like that adrenaline feeling of not being able to be comfortable so you have to constantly put yourself in a space to perform to put things and to kind of keep things in perspective in a sense right um okay so there's two things there the first thing is um what you're what you're describing is is um so that feeling that you get of like you know you feel like you're missing something at your normal job right? yeah um, so, so let's, 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 let's take a dip into the out, the world of the alchemist for a minute. Mm. Um, that is very much like, I want to say the, uh, 
you know, remember when the king was talking to uh, um, Santiago about um, the baker and stuff and how his heart for years would tell him, you know, that he needs to go visit, you know, Egypt or whatever, whatever his dream was. I forget what it was in the book. Right. Mm-hmm. But let's say it's Egypt. So, you know, his dream was to visit Egypt, you know, and he was so comfortable with his job as a baker that he was he got complacent and he, he didn't feel the need to go visit Egypt anymore. And for years, his heart would keep reminding him and, and trying to push him towards that. And then it gets to a point where your heart begins to be quiet because that idea then becomes painful, right? Because you didn't go do it. Now you feel that pain, that resentment, that regret of not getting, not having done it. So then your heart kind of like stalls that dream out and, 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 and it doesn't keep reminding you of it. Mm. So I feel like that's kind of what you're experiencing in, experiencing in like, you know, you feel like something else is out there and you know there's something else that, that would fulfill you more than what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's just... That, that little bit of a, a reminder of like, yo, man, but, you know, this is over here, you know? Right, right. And if you're feeling that while you're doing it, I feel like that's the confirmation of that's what you love, right? Right, right. And the only, and, and that's where I feel like, and I, I hate to say this, but I feel like, and I guess, I think this was the second point I was going to make. I, I feel like the uncomfortability is actually the necessity in a weird way. Because when you're uncomfortable with your, your, your circumstances, that's the only way you're going to change anything. Ooh, that's a bar. I'm going to you know, tweet that one. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, because like if you're comfortable, like, like, for, like for me, right, with the money I was making as a medic, bro, there was definitely a point when I first started making that money where I was like, bro, I don't even know if I'm going to be an actor because I'm making this amount of money, mm-hmm. you know, working as a medic. I'm good. Right. I can do everything I want. I'm making the amount that I said I wanted to make when I was a kid. Wow. Right? Yeah. I'm good, you know, and I began to get a little complacent with it. And it wasn't until I started doing that for some time that I realized that there's no amount of money that's going to make me happy. Like I can I can I can't come to this place in these dark stages on this side of entertainment and feel joy and fulfillment. Wow. I can't do that. Yeah. Right. Not on this side, not on the crew side. I can I know if I as a director on something creative, mm-hmm. anything creative. But on this side, I'm not going to feel like completely, you know, in my purpose. I just know I'm not, right? And because I felt that uncomfortability from it, I started to, you know, feel a little bit of depression, feel a little bit of like, yo, this ain't it. That's what pushes me harder as an actor. To do something. To to, yeah. to create some change. That's so funny. Um, right. I think that's, I think that's a, a necessary realization. And I, I used to see this, um, this quote. It wasn't really a quote. It was like a little comic strip. And it says, all I want is a chance to prove that money can't bring me happiness. <laughs> mm. Oh man! All I want you is want a chance. chance to prove that. That's I just want a chance to prove that money can't buy me happiness. Like, let me get all yeah. the bread and then decide whether or not I can find happiness in this. You know, and because I, I feel like we understand yeah. that money doesn't bring happiness, but yet there's still this desire to just get the money because maybe I could be the different person to experience something and and create the happiness that people say they can't find with money. Dude, I think it's I think it's entirely dependent on just just the uh, I mean that's what we're, we're taught from a young age, man. Everything's centered around money. Yeah. Every conversation, every job inquiry, whatever is all centered around how much money you can make doing this thing. Yep. But it doesn't exist, man. That, that's, that's so and that's what I hate hearing. Like you hear it a lot in our, our community, um, where folks just say, you know, oh man, you know. Uh, Willow Smith cutting herself, man. She ain't got nothing to be depressed about, man. She got them billionaire parents, blah, blah, you know, or whatever. And it's like, or, you know, such and such killed themselves. Or what they got to be depressed about. And it's like, if that's not an affirmation that money isn't everything, I don't know what is. Right, right. <laughs> and it's easy to disconnect because I think we start to make assumptions about 
that person's insecurities or some value or something that they just don't understand, which is why they're in that predicament. And I think we, right. we, we think about ourselves to say, well, at least I have these values. So when I find myself in that position, I won't deal with those type of things because I have a foundation that they probably don't have. Like I think we make all these assumptions to make ourselves more comfortable with the things that we aren't necessarily willing to let go of as in right. um, the need for more money. Like, yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Um, there was something else you said that I wanted to comment on that I felt like was 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 a big, like, it's like a, a good point. Um, I don't remember what it was, but that's so that's so interesting, man. Like, to hear that and to to um, kind of be a um, a spectator on this this journey of yours, you know. I appreciate it, dog. Yeah. It's I mean, it's tough, man. It's like. Uh, it's tough because it's, I mean, it's weird. So another thing that happened today, I had a callback for this project today, right? Mm-hmm. And it's you know I, I I went on the callback, you know I did you know I did did the scenes or whatever, and because I didn't do what I wanted to do in the scene, I decided that the callback wasn't good, you know, regardless of the fact that the director and everybody else in the room was like, oh man, great job, that was good, man, thanks so much for coming in, blah blah, and they said I did great several times, but I didn't hear that because I, I'd rather look into the illusion of how I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? I was just so focused on, no, it wasn't good. You're a liar. <laughs> you know, <laughs> instead, of, instead of actually taking a compliment, you know, for once in my life, which is, uh, which is interesting, but I don't know. Just, uh, that was just, a, uh, I forget why I said that, but I struggle with that. The, too. Um, the idea, do you the accepting compliments Man, the craziest and, thing, and believing bro. it? It's the craziest thing. Yeah. <laughs> Buying into like the fact that, you know, somebody actually likes you or what you've done or whatever. So it's, it's the weirdest thing. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's dope. I mean, the, the biggest thing, man, like I've always just wanted to inspire folks and I, I'm glad that I'm able to to do this and I'm, I'm glad I'm having success at it because like, dude, I feel a little bit of survivor's remorse too because I know a lot of actors much better than I, you know, that haven't had their break yet, you know, um, which is trash because it's like, you know, it's not always the best actor that gets the job, you know, so many different things that go into this. Right. But, you know, what I'm, I'm just learning that it's like, you know, one thing I'm learning about this journey is the universe is not going to give it to you. You know, like you've got to you've got to struggle a little bit. You've got to you've got to earn it. You know, and I feel like this year has been a taste of me earning it and not getting comfortable, not getting complacent, not feeling like, you know, it's going to happen effortlessly. Like, no, I'm going to I'm going to have to I'm going to have to scratch and claw and like work my way to whatever it is I want. Um, because even this dude, the, the project I just booked, bro, I almost didn't read for this project, dude. Okay, well, I, like I there was a that. moment. Well, just you know, it was just vague. I didn't really understand the story and the character enough. I didn't have enough information to really get passionate about it. Okay, so I almost was like, I don't know, you know, because you get to a point too where it's like, ah, oh, man, I ain't gonna book this. It don't matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why, why, why do it? already from jump? I'm not gonna get it from the jump. Yeah, you yeah. know, because dude, like I, we talked about this, bro. I've done 300 auditions, more than 300 auditions. And I've only booked, I want to say like seven projects. You know, and three of those projects I couldn't work. I hear that so much, right? When we think about, well, from, I think great, like people in their art or in whatever it is they're, they're, that they do, that there's so many auditions or so many times essentially that they heard no. Um, yeah. And it's easy to look over because once again the highlights stand out and make it seem as though you knew that this project in particular was coming when you don't you mm. know what i mean so it's like oh you get all those no's right. but it's not that big of a deal because you ended up making it anyway 
But it's like that information isn't known when those no's are happening. No. You know what I mean? So it's almost as if the success invalidates the, the process. Right. In a sense. Like the struggles aren't real. Like the struggles aren't yeah. real. Yeah. Like. Yeah, you don't believe Will Smith struggled or, or, or Jay-Z struggled. You know, because there's there's such an un, un, unreachable, unrelatable level that you don't believe they ever had a fight. Yeah, like I feel that way. Like I, I like I understand otherwise, really? but I st- I feel that way. Does that make sense? Like I understand that they struggled, and I think their their experience is valid, and I think they have wisdom that they can offer. Like looking back on their situations and figuring out how to move differently, but I can imagine. Well, I can't really imagine, but if I were in a room in my mindset right now, I would feel like I'm hearing them and I'm, I'm understanding what they're saying they went through. But I would part of me would almost feel like some part of their success helps to alleviate the pressure that came with the struggle. But I know that's not true. Mm. But in my no, mind, but in my mind, something does that to almost disconnect me because I think what it is, it, it has to expose the fact that I have the power to do something about my situation. It has to expose the fact that you have the power to do something about your situation. Yeah, like, I, I think, I think, so we talk all the time about having moments where we have ups and downs. Like, I have a vision for my life and the things that I want to accomplish, great ideas that I know I'm going to do, but I don't always feel as if I can truly accomplish it. Now, there's days where I know without any doubt that I'm going to do it and it's going to happen. But then I also have those days where I start to feel down and be like, man, these ideas aren't really valuable. These things aren't really necessary. Nobody's going to rock with me if I do this or that. I think mm. in those moments where it's a low, the mindset or the moments where there's doubt even about someone else's struggle or someone else's struggle to success, the issue is that I think the feeling of this person was able to get out of their situation by putting in the work. So if I'm able Mm -hmm. to accept that they truly struggle the way that they say, then I have to look at myself in the mirror to recognize that I I too have to put in the work. But if I don't believe that I'm capable, then I don't want to have that that moment of realization because then it puts the blame back on. It's something I need to do. It's something I need to change. Like, mm. like it's a, it's a, it's like a weird complex of, of, um, it's, it's, it's a reality check. Like that's extremely sobering. Yeah. You know what I mean? To have to realize, like you said, yeah. you kind of, we kind of have to create our own happiness essentially. And we've had this we conversation a months ago. Absolutely. You know what I think, you know, it, it reminds me of is a conversation we had off air. I wish we had it on air, uh, a few weeks ago. And you were talking about, like, we we're just talking and you were like, <laughs> you said, bro. You said, what happens if I lose my job today? <laughs> I said, wait, what? what? Bro, what happens if I lose my, what happens? If I lose my job today, bro, what's going to happen? I said, bro, I mean, I, I, w- I would imagine you probably move, move back with your parents. Exactly. And what's wrong with that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's real. And I was like, oh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I got a piece of, I think I got part of that bar from Gary Vaynerchuk. I can say his name now, by the way. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, because it, it was like, or it was somebody he was interviewing. And just, I'm just breaking it down for those of you listening. Like, um, we have so much fear. We don't want to take the risk for the things that we ultimately want that we know will bring us peace or contentment, whatever rewarding experience we're looking for. 
because of like these societal norms or like the perception yeah. of how things look like for me myself i live on by myself i have a place um you know i have a great job i have a car like all these things that i have that you know make me feel like okay it's not horrible but if i were to risk and put myself out there to pursue my dreams fully and let go of my nine to five it's too risky because if it doesn't work out, then I won't have money. And if I don't have money, I won't be able to pay my rent. I won't be able to pay my bills. So I'm going to have to leave here and I have to go to my parents. Yeah. Um, I won't have a car. So I'm going to have to maybe use public transportation. <laughs> you have a car. Your yeah. parents are going to let you lose your car. I know. Go ahead. But, but, but just in the situation, if it had to get to the very, very worst of like, I don't have anything, like, yeah. There's still a means to get around. There's still a place for yeah. me to lay my head. There's still food that I can consume somewhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm not going to become homeless. You know, and, and, no. and understanding this is not everyone's reality. But for those of us that have the security of these things, like the basic security, even if it's an uncomfortable change or shift of, like, lifestyle, that by itself is still more than what, someone who's maybe impoverished has to deal with you know like there's families right. and full-fledged adults that maybe have to work a minimum wage job to pr provide for their family and at the very lowest point of my life i can get a job that's minimum wage i can get a job that's not minimum wage you know what i mean but yeah. i have the fear of taking the risk because a situation like that feels like it's more detrimental than it actually is and I think that kind of goes back to that that place of comfort where it's like, well, I wouldn't be comfortable yeah, with the I mean, decision. The enemy of everybody's dreams, I think, is comfortability, you know, because when I, when I think about it myself, it's like, you know, I pay for for cable television that I'm never home to watch and I don't have any interest in watching. Mm -hmm. I pay for Netflix, which I rarely watch. I pay for Wi-Fi, which I use. I pay for a cell phone bill, which I use. I pay for, you know, all the, you know, the two-bedroom apartment and all the rent and the car and the insurance and all, blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. But how much of that stuff do I actually need? Like, do I need a cell phone? The answer is no. I don't need a cell phone, right? <laughs> Before you consider, the answer is no. <laughs> right. The answer is no. I don't, I don't need it. I don't need right. it, you know? I can live without a cell phone, and I might be happier without a cell phone because... You know, I feel like my cell phone is my worst enemy at times with the distractions or whatever. That's another podcast. Mm -hmm. But the um, the idea is if everything went to shit, right? If I really was struggling, you know, just like your situation, man, it's like I'd be okay. If I had to go rent a one-bedroom somewhere, you know what I mean? And if I, if I had to, bro, I can probably live off of like 800 to to 1000 bucks a month if I had to, yeah. right? Yeah. Which isn't a lot of money, you know? But... It's the idea that, you know, I've got to maintain this standard and this appeal, you know, and this image, you know, of of just, you know, being a, a regular functioning adult. Right. And then, you know, of course, you can amplify that, you know, with, you know, I got to be wearing Louis and I got to, you know, be driving this kind of car and I got to be at these events and all of this stuff that we do just to be look just to look on. Man. But in reality, bro, we can really let go of all of this stuff and be free and pursue whatever the hell we want to pursue. Even your debt. You got debt, whatever. Worst case scenario, bro. They, you know, you go, you go, you go bankrupt, right? Mm -hmm. Seven years later, you back on. You back on. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? But if you had to, you can do that. You know, of course, there's a way to, to to still hustle and maintain these things. But you're gonna you're gonna be, it's gonna be a slower hustle. Man. You're gonna get your hours in a little slower. You know what I mean? In that way. Yeah. Yeah.
It's that we. It's like we. We. It's almost like we sign up for this added stress. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's definitely a decision. unknowingly sometimes. It's a, yeah, it's definitely a decision. I think if we slow down to kind of consider it, we'd find ourselves in a different, a different place, uh, mentally. Like, man, I really wish we had the opportunity. I mean, we still have the opportunity, but we got to make it happen to go downtown and interview Wolf. Oh yeah, we got to. Yeah, um, that's a podcast for a later time. But just, I think about that freedom. That same freedom Man. you're speaking of, you know what I mean? Like that's a beautiful yeah. thing. And, and, I, and yeah. just looking at this conversation and, and and just kind of thinking about it right now, just think about the balance between like comfort and sacrifice. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think we think and about, they cannot coexist. They, they can't. They cannot. You know. And and I think when we try to make them coexist, we find ourselves in those moments where we're kind of forced to see things a little differently like I, I think about what you said as far as having to sacrifice job those hours as a medic you know to the point where now okay you're not working as a medic but you did it for for acting you know what i mean yeah and now you're in a position to see okay well this this panned out more than you knew it to be at that time but it's like it, it really – it's almost like we're, we're put in situations where we have to gain that clarity. And I, and I appreciate life in that way. Um, mm. But I also recognize how easy it is to overlook those moments if we don't have the ability to kind of step back and reflect and just kind of be aware of what's happening and how we're yeah. feeling throughout, throughout that process. So, like, I, I kind of want to swing that back around to, to ask you, like, what is it that you feel like makes Damn, I had a question for you. Oh, you, you had one for me? <laughs> yeah, I did. Go ahead, though. I'm not going to forget mine. Go ahead. Because <laughs> I, I, let, I let you slide. I let you slide because I was on, because we're on air one yeah. with what I was going to say, but I don't care. I'm going to ask you anyway. Okay. And then also, um, we just got away from it. I really wanted to ask this question, but um, I got it. Go okay, ahead. Okay, okay. I actually got a little notepad here. Um, but um, <laughs> what do you feel has allowed for you to be able to recognize throughout the process of having those low moments, still be able to recognize the lessons, the values um, that have allowed for you to continue to push through despite. In the moments I don't. Yeah, in the moments that you don't. Yeah. In the moments, in the moments, well, oh, no, no, no. in the moments that is happening. I don't, I don't, I don't recognize it sometimes. Oh, okay. In the moments that right? it's happening, you don't, you don't have that. No, okay, okay, no. okay. Bro, when I, I, I'm glad you asked that question because I was just thinking about, um, I wish I went deeper into this. So when I got the call earlier this year that I wasn't coming back to, uh, and I didn't get it from the guy I, work, I was working for, I got it from, you know, a friend of mine's that was, got, got offered the job, right? As a medic. So, Okay, let me, let me set the scene. Okay. So I'm working with this big construction coordinator in Atlanta, and pretty much every show that he goes on, I've been the medic for the past two and a half, three years that follows him to each show, right? Um, at the beginning of the show, if I'm on, like, Greenleaf, for example, season one and season two, I go into the office and say, hey, um, I'm on this TV show. Is it cool if I miss days to go do that? If it's not, let me know so I can make a decision pretty much. Shoes up. Mm -hmm. Every year, he said, yeah, it's straight, Right. This past show, I was supposed to work with him. I ended up getting an offer for another job before he offered me one. So I committed to that show, and then he called me later, and I was like, dang, man, I was trying to call you to, to, to see if you had a show because I got offered this, you know? And then he kind of gave me some shit, but I'm like, you know, I kind of want to keep my word because I said I was going to be over here. So I went and did that show and ended up quitting because I just, it was my first job I ever quit. Well, adult job I ever quit. Mm. And I ended up going back to that show with him and then finishing out that show. But, I, but at, right when that happened, I was back on Greenleaf too. 
So I was doing I was doing the same thing again. I talked to him about it. He said it was straight. And then when that show wrapped, I was given the impression I was coming back, but he just never picked up my, my calls after that. I called him like twice and, and yeah, I called him twice, I think. And then he offered the job to the the homie and never never said anything to me about it. Oh wow. You know? So when I found that out, you know, you know, I was like super down about it. Mm. So I'm like, yo, what did I do? Yeah. You know, because, yeah. you know, Greenleaf, you know, I was co-starring, right, mm-hmm. on the show, which is just less money than what I was supposed to be getting paid, right? And, you know, me co-starring on the show, you know, for, you know, even though I've, I've worked 11 episodes, you know, to date, um, isn't more money than I would have made as a set medic at the time, right? So I'm sacrificing money for my dream and security. And now that I end up losing that job, you know, I was off after Greenleaf wrapped and that show wrapped. I was off from March and, and to like, you know, a few weeks ago, you know, I just started working back pretty regularly a couple of weeks back, mm-hmm. you know, so it's been about three months, four months of, you know, pretty much unemployment. And every now and then I was sprinkling in some days somewhere, you know, fortunately I had some money saved up and I had this unemployment coming in to be able to, you know, keep every, keep the lights on. But you know, I was just faced with that, yo, did I make the right decision? You know, because here I am almost compromising, you know, my family, you know what I mean, to pursue this dream. You know, so in that moment, it's like, bro, I'm not feeling like, yo, I'm making the right move because it's not, it's not paying off. Right. You know, Nigerian Prince ain't out yet. I don't know what that movie's going to do. You know, Greenleaf, I don't know if I'm coming back, you know, um, next season. You know, I don't know if they're picking the show up next season. I don't know. You know what I mean? Because I don't have a contract with them, right? Wow. So... You know, it's all of these things. So in those moments, bro, no, there's nothing really, you know, keeping me going, like like in a big way, you know, but it makes me think about like my faith in a sense of like, you know, the scripture that kept popping up was whatever when it talks about like, you know, you just need the faith of a mustard seed. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you don't need a lot. You just need a little bit of faith, you know, to just keep going and not give up, right? So for me, it was like, I got to a point the, the way I, the only way I can illustrate it is this. It's as if I'm hiking up Mount Everest, right? And you know, this is this might be like a a, a five day trek, seven day trek to get all the way up to the top if that's where I'm going, mm-hmm. right? But I reached a point in my journey where it'll be just as much work to go back down the hill as it's going to be to go up the mountain. Oh wow, I love that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm at the point where it's like I can turn around if I want to. But just know, bro, you're going to have to work just as hard to get back down there to start over and find another path, you know, as you would just to keep going, right? And if you got to stop and rest, stop and rest. But keep going up because, you know, that's really the only only option at this point. You've gone too far. You've, you've sacrificed too much. you put too much in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? You're going to lose way too much going back at this point. And that's just the, the ideas that were that were circulating through my mind at that time. And it's just like, you know, what it did for me, though, which I didn't realize at the time, but I realize now, is it, it turned acting from a desire to a need, right? Mm. I'm not trying to be Will Smith. I'm not trying to be dumb famous. I'm not trying to be dumb rich. I just want to do what I love to do, tell great stories, inspire people, and be able to give back, right? That's what I want to do. I want to make a living, be comfortable, you know, you know, financially if I can, as an actor, but that doesn't necessarily mean I have to be famous and be that guy, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so for me, it's just like, um, oh, I lost my train of thought for a second. You got it. I, I think I got the point, Cross. <laughs> no, that's good. That's, that's a bar. It turned acting from a desire to a need. Oh, that, that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So now I, now, now I need, to, need to accomplish it, right? Yeah. I need to do this because I know without a doubt, when I really sit in my quiet time and think, I can't think of nothing else that's going to make me happy like this. Wow. 
I, I can't. You know what I mean? Nothing else is gonna fulfill me like this. The only thing that comes close is me being able to give back to the youth. Yeah. Only thing that comes close. Yeah. Now, there's another way to be able to do that, but it may be more work trying to be a teacher or a lawyer or you know some kind of like you know social figure in that in that way. You know, as opposed to you know pursuing my passion as an actor mm-hmm. and a, a storyteller, and then letting that make room for me to do you know yeah. a lot of that social activism. You know. Right. Right. Damn. That's. I love that. I love that. And yeah. that just reminds me of E.T., the hip-hop preacher, you know, when you want to succeed yeah, as bad yeah, as you yeah. want to breathe. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's amazing, bro. That's amazing. Bro, bro of, late, of late, dog, you know, I, I've taken the importance out of, out of shit I don't need, like sleep. Mm. You know, there was a day this week where I only got three hours of sleep mm. because I had an audition. And, um, well, I had an audition. And because I, you know, because I did that and I had to stay up late to do it and because of the, the nature of the scene, you know, I still had a lot of adrenaline stuff going on after and emotions going on after the scene, which means I slept three hours, had to get up and go back to my day job the next day, mm-hmm. you know? But, you know, it just makes me realize that, you know, eating the meals I'm used to eating and sleeping eight hours a night and, you know, having this downtime to just, you know, kick it and BS, like, all of that stuff isn't really important. We act like it's important, but it's not. Mm-hmm. If you get a, you know, if you want to succeed, you're gonna to have to get a few less hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. You're gonna to have to miss some parties. You're gonna to have to, you know, okay, be single for a minute. I, you know, maybe. I, I, you know what I'm saying? I, I can digest that because I was getting ready to tell you, bro. I love sleep and I love eating. So, you know, I, maybe I'm just not Man. there yet. But, but when you, when you brought it back to say you got to sacrifice a little bit of that because we don't need as much as we think. Yeah. I, I, I you need can, as much. I can digest that one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You may not need eight hours. <laughs> no, bro. no, for sure. You know. Yeah. You don't need to eat meat all day right <laughs> you know what i mean that's true you might you might need you might be able to cut it cut it out somewhere and and and, and save a few bucks that way you may not need cable tv at the crib right you know yeah like you know you might need you might not need wi-fi at the crib and those are the sacrifices you know? because realistically that you may have to make yeah, for your journey yeah it, the sacrifices that i have to make for my journey it's a personal individual yeah. journey and those sacrifices are going to be relative to who i am and what it is i need to accomplish yeah that's good that's good. That's a word. And, that's, and, uh, and I love I love how you bring up Gary Vee because you know it makes me think about him where he talks about you know you have to you might have to eat I think he says uh, shit sandwiches or something yeah 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 <laughs> for a few years or whatever <laughs> but like at the age we are we're still we're still, it's so funny because we're twenty we're twenty seven or about to be twenty seven in a few weeks right yeah. you next week right and <laughs> the crazy thing about it is you know if you don't have a girlfriend or boyfriend if you don't have any kids if you don't have a mortgage if you don't have a car note you know, or, or or any debt or whatever the case is, if you're in that position, you know, the world is your oyster because, you, you know, you're only responsible for you, right? Mm-hmm. And if you really think about the cost of production of your, your life, your story, your journey, you'll find that you don't need a whole lot. You really just need a room and a house somewhere, probably, you know, or a couch, <laughs> right? Or, you know, a mattress and, you know, few dollars to eat or whatever the case is and you can really just do your thing you know it makes me think about damon john making hats in his mama's basement and stuff like that like if you really wanted to like sacrifice and go all in you could yeah you know what i mean yeah you could and you putting in those hours in that way is going to get you so much further because you're just making that sacrifice right. you know you're just saying that i don't need i don't need all these extras i don't need to have no dope gig you know to you know maintain this style of living right now because i'm trying to get here right you know and if you and if you're able to hustle that way man i just think about our jobs man we talk about that that 10,000 hour rule and what if you know you were able to spend the same amount of hours you spend at work on your passions mm. on your craft you know man you'd get you get that 10,000 hours so, so quick. quick i think it's like 
if you spent 50 hours a week, which is 10 hours per day, I want to say it's four years to 10,000 hours. That's nothing, bro. And that's just Monday through Friday. Yeah. Weekends off. You know, <laughs> Juilliard. Those guys go to Juilliard. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that just makes me think about that. But I wanted to, I don't want to let you off the hook. So dang, my dang, question bro, for you. Dang, <laughs> dang, bro. My question wait, for wait, you I, was. That, that, that question, question had another part to it, bro. <laughs> my question had not, nah, bro. My question had another part. So what I wanted to say go, was, hurry, go. Nah, nah, uh, uh, nah, nah, <laughs> I didn't have nothing. <laughs> you stalling, yeah. So what I want to ask you though, so recognizing that that your current your current job, uh -uh. right, is it fulfilling? <laughs> recognizing that your current job is it fulfilling? What? what you thought it might or what you wish it would fulfill or whatever it is, right? Even if it's not those two options. Mm -hmm. You know, knowing that, you know, planning events or, 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 or being creative or whatever, whatever that is, mm -hmm. you know, knowing that that's the case, man, what do you do about that? Uh, you know, being in that position, you know? Because you're, you're describing the position I was at in, you know, when I was, you know, working as a medic and making good money there, whatever the case is, but I know acting is, is, is what I want. You know, yeah, and I'm, I took some risk and some of them seemed like they didn't work in my favor, losing that job. And now it's in my favor because I'm not working on that job. So I ain't got to talk to nobody. I get to go to Toronto and make this make this. Uh, yeah. Do this pilot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So where you are in your journey, first of all, what is it you think that you'd be more passionate about doing? And second of all, what are you going to do about that? <laughs> <laughs> Antonio J. Bell, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> bro, in full effect. You don't want me to be your friend, bro. <laughs> so look, people so, think they want me as their friend, but they don't. <laughs> so look, so look, so look, so look. Um, that's a great question. So you made it. You made a good point just now that I want to pinpoint. Um, you said you ain't got to answer to nobody. Um, you can go ahead yeah. and make the decision to go to Toronto and film. You know, because that's what you want to do, which I love. Um, back in undergrad, trademarked, the tagline was, we do it because we want to, right? Mm -hmm. I just love that, period. That's it. That's all. So it's interesting because I also think about, this is another podcast too, just about relationships, um, you know, and being single and just comparing what it's like to be single and as well what it's like to be in a relationship. There is, there is an accountability that comes with that. And I think accountability is necessary, but also recognizing mm. that even with accountability, there are things that you're gonna have to say no to because of a decision and commitment you made to said responsibility, whether it's a relationship, a job, whatever that may look like. Just wanted to kind of okay. keep that there. But back to what you asked me, I think about my job and I say how much I love it and I really do love it. I don't feel stressed by my job. I feel like my job is very, it's very comfortable. Like I enjoy what I do 100%. And yeah. it's that piece that's missing is like that vigor that I just love to put myself into. You know what I mean? It's the work, mm -hmm. which is a very weird thing to enjoy when you think about like all oh, challenges, you know, they're hard, they're difficult, you know, they require all these things. But I have a genuine desire for that type of stuff. And I, I really to be, to be challenged. I love to be challenged. So what you're saying is in the job that you have now, You've already met the ceiling. Yeah, bro, I have. And, You're hitting that glass ceiling. And that's exactly why I went. I applied to one grad school, got in, because I only saw it as, okay, one, I have a genuine desire for this information because there's students that I can reach that I know I can reach that I knew I could reach, right? 
But then there's a group of students that just aren't going to come to Mount Sac or decide to go to college, which is 100% okay. But I still want to reach those students as well. I don't want to be able to just walk away because my job allows me to and my job is still complete. I want to figure out yeah. what's going on with those students. And that's what got me interested in finding the knowledge to reach those students as well. And that's why I applied to grad right. school. I had a genuine desire for the information. I only apply to one, which is, I think, a part of the challenge in itself, too. I only want to go to this school because of these things that they were able to tell me they'd provide me with that I was already looking for, that they communicated before I communicated what my need was. So, boom, I applied to one school, right? And um, I, I, I look at where I am now, and I recognize, okay, so I for sure have at least, at the very least, three years, maybe two, in this space, at, you know, working Mount SAC, being in grad school. I'm done in 2020. Um, so okay. I have a clear vision per se, like right now, that this is what my my next two years will consist of. Now, that doesn't have to be all of my time, but for sure that's something I'm going to complete. But then I look at, well, what is it that I genuinely want to continue to do or keep doing that's going to give me that challenge that I ultimately really want? And I do know for a fact that it has to do something in like – entertainment community but more so on like the extracurricular fun content driven side um i think about mm -hmm. i think about putting on events and just experience experiential events events where people can go to and feel like man yeah. that was an awesome experience not just oh we went to yeah. the function we turned up but no i went somewhere i got valuable information i was able to apply myself and i was able to bring what it is i ultimately want for my life more into fruition. I'm a step closer. I want to create experiences mm -hmm. like that. Um, I think about all the time talent management, you know, and just being able to. Um, How long I've. Right, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> forgot we're recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've, I've always had a knack for that. Um, I don't know why. And I, don't, I can't even say, oh, I had to like this full-on experience that I was able to see it, but I was around it, you know what I mean? I was around it, and yeah. I have all these ideas that attach, that attach to people, create brands yeah. that can help influence and build a community, you know, um, around that artist, around their initiative, around their content, whatever that may look like. Um, I just see the opportunities, like it's just clear, you know, and it's, once again, just getting into a space to be able to study and navigate how to go about making it happen. And then once I get the foundation, I'm able to add me into the mix to be, to bring about something that I feel um, is necessary in that space. Um, so I think my steps now being that, you know, school is on my horizon, um, it right now is just building that social capital and i didn't realize the social capital yeah because i didn't i mean that's what i'm currently in the process of doing um is creating I, we, we discussed this um a database of people email addresses phone numbers names yeah. interests to then build a following outside of social media to then be able to realistically at the very basic act or task is market to them um whether mm. it's a, just a social event let's just go bowling or it's an event that i'm 
piecing together with some level of intentionality to it. Um, that's something that I'm literally working on today. Um, and in realizing that that's something I'm building, looking at all the opportunities that can come from this six months from now, a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, I can go many places with it. Um, but I also recognize that this same trajectory can get me to the place of talent management, event management. You know what I mean? Exactly what it is. The trajectory that you're on right now? Yeah, of, of, of school for one, because I'm going to school for development, like understanding people and how we receive information and what works. I see myself okay. getting the skills in the space of education, but I also know that I'm going to be able to pull the core values of the information I'm learning to be able to apply it in the ways that I want to. Cause that's what I did with communication. That's what I did with all of my experiences thus far is being able to pull the principles from one industry to apply it to another one. Um, I just really enjoy translating information that way. So I think in pursuing this um, social network in the sense of gathering people that that can eventually lead to the foundation that would help propel me in the space of talent management in the space of event production or whatever it is that I see myself doing to find that challenge that is equally as rewarding mm -hmm. yeah I got you yeah um so so I think I want to add some some to, to our episodes uh, okay and I'm thinking about and this is kind of like would have been my response but I think I could just put it this way just for everybody too okay um but I want to add like a bar for the week you feel me? Mm. Like, just, like, one thing that, that we feel like that can contribute to just, like, helping homies win. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you did that. Yeah. Bro, that literally happened on the I fly. didn't see it coming. So, so, <laughs> so I, think, I think my bar for the week is just, like, you know, understanding that you don't have to know where you're going or where you're going to end up to take those first steps. You know, realizing that that the, that the journey that we're on isn't a straight line and that, you know, you may start off, you know, on this path, but this path, path is going to lead you to different different routes and it's going to forge you in different directions that still ultimately will lead you to your, your, your end goal. And at times you may not know, <laughs> you know, um, how that's going to connect, but it does. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to know where you're going to start taking the first steps. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, you know, like you, 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 you know where you want to go. Yeah. Right. But you don't have to know. You don't have to know every single step. Yeah. That you're going to take along the of way. Of course. You know, there's no way to know that yeah. because, you know, you really just got to start, you know, climbing that staircase, taking that first step mm -hmm. and keep taking those those steps in succession. Um, and, and you know, I say that just, you know, to, to, to make the point of like, I feel like a lot of times we try to like think our way to where we want to be. Mm -hmm. And you, you just can't do that, yeah, you can. know, because there's so many variables, so many things happen, so many obstacles, so many opportunities, so many choices that you have to make along the way that there's no way that you could possibly, you know, plot all that. So you even think about everything that happened in your life to get you to this place in your life right here, right now. Mm. And there's no way that you could have conceived that 20 years ago. Never. You know, based on your just your, your physiological condition mm. and even just like, you know, life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Um, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you got, T. Ross? I, I I like that bar. I think that bar should sit for us. Oh, yeah. So you're going gonna, gonna, gonna to pick it back off? Yeah, that? pick it. You're not going to take a moment. I'm not going to take a moment. Nah, bro, because <laughs> that, to me, I needed that bar for myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was good. 
Praise. That's good. Praise. I think that's the bar. You don't got to know exactly where you're headed to start taking the first steps. This is another episode of Helping Homies Win. Thank you all for listening. Please subscribe, comment, hit us up. Let us know what you think. Peace.